Hello, I'm Jackie Stern and welcome to episode seven of my Coaching Conversations podcast. My intention with the podcast is to give listeners a sense of how the coaching process can support people, their organisations, their teams and businesses to find and live their purpose and tap into the best of themselves as they face into the future. That future in this time of COVID-19 is uncertain. Equally challenging are the global climate and ecological emergencies that we're facing. An increasing number of coaches are supporting their clients to do just that, face into these emergencies. In the last podcast, I introduced listeners to Alison Wybro. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to another coach, Neil Scotton, who is this month's guest. Neil is a very well-respected coach who has been quite rightly lauded by the profession. Neil has received the International Coach Federation's Global President's Award for his contributions to the profession internationally. Neil has a deeply generous, open spirit, which has powered his development of a coaching tool, eponymously named, big word there, eponymously, but I like words, Neil's Wheel. Having used it to good effect with individuals and teams myself, I can attest to how useful and brilliant it is. Neil, welcome to Coaching Conversations. Hi Jackie, it's lovely to be here. I came across Neil and his wheel through my support of the Climate Coaching Alliance and I've used it with coaches as a tool to enable them to consider their role in the climate and ecological emergencies, often doing so through pondering and thinking about their legacy, which is one of the segments in the wheel. I'm wondering what need you notice that led you to design the wheel. But before you answer that question, perhaps we should offer listeners a description. I've just mentioned the legacy segment. Could you just run through the others for us? (laughs) For sure. Okay, so if you're listening in, um, imagine a circle. And then um, imagine it divided into eight equal parts. So halve it and halve it and halve each of those again. So you've got eight equal segments. And imagine that uh, seven of those segments have gotten uh, a very short descriptor. And sometimes the descriptors are inviting you to look outside, where they may say something like human or environmental, inviting you to think about what may be going on in the world around you uh, in those sorts of domains. And some of the descriptors uh, invite you to look inside around a whole life sense of fulfillment and um, your values, meanings, calling purpose, those sorts of things. And some uh, certainly straddle that in terms of uh, legacy, as you described. And um, because that's uh, in some ways how we want to be remembered, probably more accurately, how do we think we are going to be remembered? So that's looking out to other people's perspectives, but uh, also we're engaged with it ourselves. The unnamed segment there uh, of them all is is for whatever anyone else wants. So the whole wheel creates a sense of wholeness. Mm. And it's probably worth mentioning from the beginning as well that as well as having these these various descriptors, and please have a look at uh, the neilswheel.org website to, to see the full thing, to think about yourself as a whole self as well. So the invitation is not simply to engage with it as a, as a thought piece, but to think about the different parts of yourself that may be coming into this as well. 
So um, maybe yourself as a leader or as a citizen or as, um, uh, as, as a parent, as a neighbor, as an ancestor, and those sorts of things. So it invites us to bring all of ourselves into this, but also to look out beyond ourselves. Thank you. That's really clear. And I think that is a really useful suggestion that people take a look at the website and get a sense of, of what the wheel looks like. Yeah, it, it really is absurdly simple. Simple. Very, very simple. <laughs> and very easy to draw yourself. And indeed, one of the things we realise actually, you don't even need a pen and paper. You know, if you've got a stick and piece of you know, some ground and dust or mud or whatever, you can draw it out there and get going. So it yeah. the, the tool itself doesn't get in the way. The, the tool is not the important bit in some ways. It's what you bring to us and what it does to you and then what that does as yeah. you express that in the world yeah. that's the important bit this is just like the key to the door it's not what the door opens up into absolutely yeah and the inspiration mm. the inspiration it's been a long time hasn't it about 10 years or so well it was first trialed back in 2010 um it goes back before then and um in many ways, there are many inspirations. So it probably really started taking form around about 2007, 2008, in the midst of the financial crisis. But at the same time, um, I've been involved or concerned about what's been happening environmentally since I was a child. I, I bought myself a children's book, 1972, called SOF Save the Earth, which is a fabulous little book. So it goes back a long way around these things. And the inspiration came from recognizing that there are a lot of big challenges facing the world and social challenges, environmental challenges, financial challenges, as it was back into 2007, 2008. The progress we were making was so glacially slow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the environmental stuff going back a long time. And yet people were still trying to get, almost get it on the agenda. Even when the word sustainability came along, a lot of people were still talking about it in terms of business sustainability and keeping the old way going rather than embracing a, an environmentally sustainable sort of approach. And similarly, you know, gender rights, colour rights and things like this. I mean, go back a long, long, long time. So, so part of it was a frustration of why is it taking so long? And part of that was looking into um, realising that most of the ways we were doing these sorts of things and discussing these things were, were very oppositional. Mm competitive mm. so it was always left versus right rich versus poor north versus south men versus women you know it was always in set up we, we would come up with terms like eco warrior mm. yeah. it was always set up in a, in a, in a very adversarial frame and this essence being so, so one inspiration was was realizing that um i was doing a series of sessions for a wildlife organization um called how can business be part of the solution because in the environmental domain, businesses were seen to be, you know, the bad boys on the circuit. And yet, when I realized, yeah, I remember that organisation. Yeah, and then so I remember, you know, thinking that well, actually, most people are employed by organisations, and they're not bad people, mm. in that sort of sense. And and where's the resources, and where's the sort of clout to make the change, and where's the possibility for the technological advances, and all these sorts of things? Well, it's within these organisations as well. So how can we be part of this together rather than in opposition? And and within that, I found that. I started coaching full time in 2004, and coaching has a different approach. Where coaching is about um, enabling people to think from different perspectives, but bring them all themselves to it. So there's no confrontation between the coach and the client. It's all going on within the client itself. And I was, I was beginning to think, how can we bring that sort of thinking into this as well? So that people don't feel as though they're having to change because they're being told by something or guilted or shamed into something, but because of the connections they're making within themselves, 
mean that they feel more aligned by stepping into this. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. And the and the other aspect of coaching that I suspect is probably relevant here is that as coaches, we we put ourselves in the place of the other. Mm. Mm. You know, and there there isn't that division between them and us. You know, we are when we're coaching, we're in service of the other system. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we may we may come onto the oneness later of things, but yes, the othering. You can really look at most of the issues we've got at the moment, and it's down to othering. Mm. It's seeing um, other people as other than me, mm. unlike me in some sort of way. Mm. It's seeing places as others, rather than you know, we we all have a reason for being here. We all have a we have an inherent, almost sacred value to be mm. here. You know, the, the land is not simply here for me to use for my own benefit mm. side of things. You know, so it's not about othering it, but actually respecting the rights of, of all the pieces that are indeed. here in some ways. So yeah, when we move beyond othering and just see ourselves in everything, yeah, indeed. then everything means. That's really helpful. And in doing my little pieces of research mm. for um, setting this up, this podcast up with you, I kind of came across the writing you'd been doing, your your coaching at work column, three minutes to midnight, and um, the little book of making, the little book of making big change happen. It's a bit of a tongue twister that with Alistair Scott. Indeed. I wonder whether writing that opinion piece and doing that co-authoring had an had an influence in terms of the development of the wheel. The writing the article um, was wonderful because. Well, in its genesis, um, it, it came because there was a conference in 2011 uh, in Madrid, and there were a lot of people there, uh, Sir John Whitmore and, and many others, saying the coaching world needs to change. You know, the, the world is, has to has to change, and the coaches need to be part of this. And uh, I remember having a conversation with Liz Hall, the editor of Coaching Work magazine, saying, well, there's a lot of people speaking about this, but a lot of coaches don't quite know what they ought to be doing. And so he said, well, go and write something about it. And with a certain degree of arrogance, I thought, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. Um, but when I sat down, I realized I don't know the answers. So we actually began by asking um, people that were making a difference in the world um, what they were getting from the coaching they were receiving. And then we spoke to the coaches and we spoke to the coaching professions. And so one of the things that column did is it enabled us to invite other people's voices. Mm. I certainly kept learning and we could bring other people's voices into discussion. Along the way, people said, Neil, we want to hear your views and opinions as well. So those did, did go in. But that was a great joy. It was a great learning for me. And the great thing around the um, the little book is that it's actually there to be read in 30 seconds. Each page stands on its own. You don't have to read the whole book. You can literally just open the page on the day, get something useful out of it, close it, forget about it, and just get on with your day but with that useful piece. So these were really useful in terms of learning how changes would happen. But actually, they both came after the wheel itself fundamentally was formed. But what it did do is it taught me a lot about um, what coaches perhaps were looking for and how this could be useful to them yeah. along the way. How could be a useful tool? Yeah, yeah, and and I like what you're saying about the little book and a page standing on its own because that's sometimes the way I've I've made use of the wheel with people. Mm. It's like see which of these segments you're drawn to, and let's let's just work with that one, you know, and then maybe come back to the whole wheel. So there's something about being able to touch in and go, oh, this is this is useful. This leads to this inquiry and these questions, and then you can come back later to consider the relationship between that segment and others that certainly when i've been coached using it in in the practice groups of the alumni it's been it's 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 been a fascinating way of going about it and i still haven't looked at the whole thing i'm just just slowly 
slowly making my way around because there's so much depth with each one and it is a bit like a meditation actually and it's really interesting what you're saying there i mean it, yeah. it does highlight it i think you 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 seen through your own experience that there is no one way of using the web mm. uh, so some people they want to work around in a certain sequence or they want to do it on one go and you're quite right for many others it's i want to take my time and open up what does that question and then have opened up that question you know about I don't know what's going on in the world that I think we care about type stuff and human environmental financial systems or whatever, and then my legacy. Well, how does my legacy relate to that? And then how does that relate to my values? And then how does that relate? And and you know and and it's that, so it's about looking at the pieces, but then looking at the dance between the pieces as well, and that becomes a very individual journey. And I'm loving what you're saying here is that it can become very deep, profound, but you can also do it very lightly. Yeah. You know, you just spend a few minutes on it. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's yeah. no one way. Yeah. It's so flexible. Mm. Um, you mentioned oneness earlier, mm. and I think it's fair to say that you hold striving for oneness as your purpose. I think it's definitely in there because it just seems to be so needed in such a divided world. And I mean, it's interesting around the wheel that it gets into very profound things, such as, you know, what's your sense of calling and meaning and purpose and legacy and these sorts of things. And it's been used by what must be now thousands of people around the world. Mm. And it may be because it tends to be held so far as I'm aware in the safe container of a coaching conversation. But I also know that some people have used it with teams or they've just given it to the team and said, go and play. And I've yet to hear of an argument. So what's that saying where we can actually talk about what's deeply profound, but without having... You mean you've yet to hear anybody reporting that there has been an argument? I've yet to hear, yes, that's, that's precise. I've yet to hear anyone that. But it's something about when we, when we speak of profound truth, and we don't go into theorizing about it. Mm. And we don't go into projecting what everyone else needs to go and do about it. Mm. But we're simply looking, what's my piece of the puzzle? Mm. What's the thing that I'm here to do? Mm. And it's very different to a lot of the traditional change mechanisms, which are people trying to tell others what to do, trying to have a debate where their argument somehow has more weight than the others. And therefore, you know, but when everyone comes into debate, each, each has got a reason for coming in thinking what they're thinking, you know. It's about allowing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and that's been your whole approach with the wheel, is allowing us to, to take it and, and go off and use it. And I've used it with teams. Um, I used it um, in, in, in engaging them with, with uh, co-coaching so that to help them develop their coaching skills and in pairs, in breakout rooms. And they were so excited about it. <laughs> that they wanted, that they found out so much about each other. They were so engaged with the other through this process that they've gone off separately to do this with each other in this senior management team on their own without me having to be facilitating anything. And I think that's rather lovely. It's a testament to the power, I think, of it. Well, what listeners can't see, but I'll just show you on the camera we've got in front of us. You can see the goosebumps that are going on there when I hear this. <laughs> I can see the goosebumps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, isn't that so exciting? And and there's a part of me that kind of thinks, I think we yearn for these deeper conversations. Mm. I think people you know, do. We, yeah, we, we yearn to kind of express, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And to be heard by another and to hear someone else's talk at that sort of level. And it's such a different conversation to the ones that we normally have. And I think what happened as well, um, and I suppose this is partly my experience, is that having, this, having the structure of the wheel creates a, a safe container and creates a boundary mm. and allows something much deeper to happen if it's if it's there and ready to happen that's it's um 
Mm. It's just a lovely, lovely tool. And and the, the thing I, I wanted to move on to was that what a great collaborator you've been with this and, and that and that collaboration's been at the heart of the development of the wheel. Mm. How have you uh, gone about involving coaches and others to work with you on it and test it? It might be useful people hear about that. Mm. Okay. So my perspective on it was that this could be useful to well, potentially millions of people, certainly starting with people who are being catalytic and change makers and concerned citizens wanting to do things and as a tool for professional coaches. But it wants to be available worldwide and and do that. And you need to be quick as well because there's so much going on in our world right now. I mean, the news is just full every day of things where you know, there's, there's real pain and fear and grief and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. So how do we get this out to the world quickly? And one of the, the, the ways I had available was, well, I know the coaching profession, and if 100 coaches were using it, each with so many clients, then suddenly that goes out to quite a few people in, you know, quite quickly, should they want to, to do that. So it then became, okay, so how do we make this available to the coaching profession? And I thought, well, other coaches have gone to know, is it safe? Is it effective? Has it been tested? Has it been used by people like me? Mm-hmm. Um, has it been used by people um, who, when they put their names to it, have got something to lose? So, so people were standing in the profession. Mm-hmm. But not all people were standing in the profession. It's not all about the supposed good and greats of it, but also you know, people who coach in my sort of sphere or in my, my part of the world or whatever it may be. So we set up, we, we took the wheel to uh, an association of coaching events in London where there were about 40 coaches. And, um, and we introduced it to, to them there, and they loved it. And it was there, actually, that the, the blank segment went in. A request of others and we invited people there who would like to be involved in the trial and so the people that stepped forward from that and then others that i knew other coaches i knew from around the world everyone with experience so there's a minimum of at least three years experience at this stage um but some had 10 15 or more years experience um and there was a good good spread from around the world it wasn't as full as i wanted it to be but it was a good spread to give us an, a, a good sense that it covers a number of cultures we're invited to coach each other so to be coach and to be coached in it and to share their feedback and um, uh, with appropriate confidentiality um, to review what was coming through as a result of this and, uh, and and go through this beta test together, which went on for about about six months or so, just just checking out, you know, is it safe? Is it effective? Are there any limitations? Can it be available to all or should it have some sort of um, uh, controls around it? What sort of guidance should there be, you know, to enable it to go to the world? And all those questions were, were, were asked and answered and found their way onto the website. And then it went right out to the public. Oh, some things about, um, I think the Climate Coaches Alliance was one of the first events, actually. And I think it was around about September when it really started then going to the world and being picked up by everyone around the world. That's it, yeah, yeah. September 2019, yeah. Yeah, so I came across it, maybe it was, maybe it was spring last year, I think that's when I came across it. It's just been just been tremendous. And you mentioned going out to the world. I'm wondering if if it has proved to be intercultural, if it is if if you've had it tested in, you know, with, with different languages, with different cultural traditions and mm. so on. It, is it, has it stood up to that? It must have done, I'm assuming. It it certainly has. I mean, I've been presenting it in um India and Singapore, Philippines. Um, people in Australia are using it and, and Canada and across the Americas, across Europe. Um, there's a few people from Africa, but I think there's probably some more to be to be learned with people in Africa. 
and the African uh, cultures and traditions there. Um, and there's been some interesting stuff coming on recently around um, China mm -hmm. and, and that type where there's different views on time, for example, and legacy and, and other such words um, going on there. But it has, yeah, it's certainly been going on in the world. It hasn't had any resistance at the moment. The interesting thing is the translation of certain words. So words like legacy don't um, translate directly into um, a number of other languages. And there's a different interesting perspective about what that may mean. Mm. Um, so it's being translated into French for example, and there's a different sort of nuance as to what similar words may mean in those sorts of languages. So it's an interesting exercise to go through how do we actually um, do the translation and come up with effectively, it probably sounds a bit heavy, but approved ways where we actually know that a number of people have been involved in the translation, including the native speakers of the language that it's going into, and uh, to make sure that the nuances are captured in the translations of the words into this. Excitingly, um, it was recently taken up by a number of church ministers across the US, and uh, one of them wants to look at the words to see um, what changes, if any, need to happen so that he can work with the disenfranchised youth in America. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wasn't that? And then we can bring that back. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, so there are a number of people looking at um, translating into different languages. Um, but but that even, you know, within for people who speak English, but not standard professional English. Yes. You know, yeah. The words really land and resonate with them so that they can engage with them yeah. without losing or diluting um, the particular chemistry of, of, of the words and the combinations of segments. And if people go onto the Neil's Wheel website, will they be able to find on there these kinds of developments? I mean, are you blogging about it in there or reporting about it? Well, that's a great question. They'll find everything they need to get going. And... Um, uh, I think I can do a lot better at doing the blogging. And in fact, part of it is um, I'm asking a lot of other people now, can you please share your stories? Because I want other people's stories mm. to be up there. It's not all about what Neil says. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, and we need to get better at that because I hear a lot of stories, like you were just sharing the one with you, you know, when you're taking it to people with your coach mm. training. So I hear these stories, but they mm. don't then go further. And uh, and so this, this needs to be better. So hopefully depends when people are listening to this in the coming months certainly as we go through spring 21 there's going to be more stories going out there and more more pieces from other people sharing their experiences there's a few videos up there at the moment of people um, how they've introduced it to their clients and, and some of the experiences they're having themselves out of it but there's a lot more to, to be said i've got a, a slightly a slight googly question here i don't know if you play cricket i do know <laughs> anyway, um, you mentioned that the translation of legacy is maybe different in French. I'm wondering if Neil's Wheel, the actual name of it, been able to move into different cultures or has that posed any challenges? You know, I know you tried different names at one point but landed with Neil's Wheel. I'm just wondering. I know it's a bit of an unfair question. <laughs> It's a great question. I, I, I don't know the, is the actual answer. Nobody sort of said, well, that doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> it's, it's only worth just sharing with people, isn't it? A bit egotistical <laughs> to call it Neil. I suppose the answer is, is yes to a degree. And there is part of me that, that a lot of this is about um, a conversation with the child of the future. Mm. When Neil, when you knew, well, in, in my sense, it was with the grandchild, so grandpa, when you knew these old ways weren't working, the animals were dying, the waters were rising things were running out what did you do 
and wanting to tell that grandchild I did something mm. for them. So there is a degree in which perhaps by having his name, I can say, look, that went out there and, and that, that's, that's for you and, 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 and all your generation and all your generation, you know, all the generations to follow you. But the bigger part of it was that a lot of people said, well, actually, it ought to be called the wheel of purpose or the wheel of meaningful work or the wheel of the... And, and what it was is that I noticed that each time, A, there were lots of different varieties of what it ought to be called, which was telling in itself. And what it also was telling me was that for these people, this was the essence for them. For them, it was all about a fulfilled life, or it was all about meaningful work, or it was all about. And so what was happening, and, and, and coaches find this when they use the wheel, the wheel reflects their reality. It reflects their world, their map of the world, the way that they see the world. Um, but that can be very different for somebody else. And, and it would be limiting if we just call it meaningful work. You know, how's that going to relate to that disenfranchised youth on, on our, not just the streets of America, but, you know, everywhere in the world is disenfranchised youth. So, you know, how would it relate to them? You know, well, I'm not doing meaningful work. It, it would limit it. And so, you know, who's Neil? Nobody knows. You know. Where's Neil? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You know, the whole point is it's, it's bland. You don't need yeah, to know it who Neil is. It makes it neutral, make... doesn't it? It's, it's entirely neutral. Yeah. I have had one projection where somebody um, got a response and said, well, it was obviously he's um, a white male colonialist. Well, okay, well, it's fair enough. Yeah, we haven't actually met, and, well, you know, that's what you see in me, that's what you see in me. So it is open to whatever someone wants to project onto it, but it does leave the wheel itself really open so that people get from it what they, they want to get from it. Indeed. Indeed. And on, on the website, on the Neil's Real website, and there's going to be a link to this in the episode notes, um, it says, mm. Neil's Wheel sets out to inspire people globally through their own thoughts, feelings and actions to make a lasting positive difference in the world, in their lives, in their work and workplaces. And I'm going to put you on the spot here and mm. ask if you've been able to gather any evidence of whether the tool is enabling people to make those lasting changes and, and you're saying, you know, people are sending in um, their experiences as coaches using it. So if there's any anonymized examples you can share about it's mm. how it's supported shifts for people, that would be great to hear. There's no shortage of stories coming back about how it's changed things for people. Um, I mean, you just mentioned your example here within your coach training. Yeah. Um, and everyone I speak to has got a story. And so um, I've seen how people in church ministers and states, one wants to use it actually in the um, uh, in the marriage guidance side for people who are about to get married. Yeah. You know, what do you think your legacy is going to be together? You know, what are your shared values? You know, how do you enable each other's greatness and those sorts of things? Um, and, and so I'm hearing lots of stories of how it's bringing teams together. I'm, I'm hearing lots of stories actually about how it's making uh, people's lives better, including coaches. I mean, I heard last week from a, a lady in India, India saying it's enabling her to put the pieces together, and, and she described her life now as bliss. It's changing a lot of people's family relationships because they're, they're actually having different conversations within their family with um, with partners and with children and things. There's no children's stories um, about how it's changing um, working relationships and uh, it's enabling a lot of people who care about... So a great one is lots of stories coming back around people who care about the environment and saying, how do I put the environment on the table? And the thing with the wheel is you don't have to. You don't have to know about you know, carbon cycles or donut economics or anything else. You'd simply put this on the table and the person explores what's their relationship with the environment 
and their values and their legacy and whatever it may be. And, they, and, and the conversation kind of evolves into something. But it's always within the frame of, of, of the person you're with, the client that they're with. I think the, so there's no shortage of, of, of how it's impacting. And in fact, the issue, the issue for me is it's just the sheer infinite variety. I mean, somebody's going to take it. I know somebody is now taking this to work with indigenous peoples. I mean, it's about cultural side. I mean, that's fascinating in itself. Marvellous. And, and the rights of indigenous peoples. Um, is that question, in America or Australia yeah. or New Zealand? Or? Yeah, it's, 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 in, uh, it's actually in Canada. In Canada, great. Mm. And so th this is really, really powerful from there. The bit that I can't say anything about at the moment is the lasting, because it hasn't actually been out there that long. But there's nothing that's suggesting to me right. that this is flash in the pan. You know, that, that, that when coaches have been involved in this stuff of three, five, 10, 15, 20 years, say, actually, this is really making a difference, they're people who know what long-term change is about. And so if it's profoundly affecting them or the work they're doing with their clients, then it gives me a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let's come back perhaps in 18 months, Jackie, and um, and, and we'll talk about what's... We'll do another podcast. <laughs> do another podcast. <laughs> well, um, 18 months, yes, a lot should have changed in 18 months' time, I hope. Um, um, and I just want to mention, before I get on to that, about what I'm hoping will change, is, is to mention to people that at the close of last year, you received the Coaching at Work Editor's Award for your contributions to climate coaching. Mm -hmm. It's very well deserved, and, and congratulations for that. So into that 18 months, we're, we're in counting down now, mm -hmm. the months to COP26, and that's building on the 2015 Paris Agreement, and it's happening in Glasgow in this November, and, and the British mm -hmm. government's presiding over this. Um, in episode six of the Coaching Conversations podcast, I talked to Alison Wybrow, and she made the point that one of our roles as coaches is to be working with our clients to create a landing place for the challenges that come out of COP26. So I'm wondering what role, I mean, I suppose it's a bit specific, really, but what role do you see for Neil's Wheel supporting coaches in creating that landing strip? For the challenges that are going to mm. arise, the changes that are going to be needed. It's a really interesting question. Again, Jackie, thank you for that. I think there are a number of angles to this. I think one of the things that's important to me is that these are talking about two very different mechanisms of change. So when we talk about legislative change, we're talking about change which in some ways is enforced, you need to comply. And in some ways, it's aspirational. This is where we're heading. And, you know, how can we all pull together in some way to make that happen? And that will hopefully mean that um, people will choose to say, right, let's be ahead of the curve. Let's make things happen here. And therefore have uh, projects or desires um, that they wish to get going with. And as always, coaches are a great place to have those sort of conversations. And that, I think, could be speaking to Alison's landing pod places you know okay i want to do something what can i do or we need to get this going how do we make it happen you know, how do we get the finances or the technicals or how do we get the board on board or whatever it may be and i think in that context coaches are a great place for people to have those sorts of conversations um i think there may be a wider awareness um that's going on and which means that when people see the nails wheel uh, they, they engage with that environmental segment in a, in a different way and it may be that after cop you know, people could be looking at the environment and, and the cop could be the one that woke them up to or gave them the extra impetus or the um, make them feel they have permission to talk about that sort of segment. 
but it doesn't need to happen. I mean, the great thing I'm finding with the wheel is it doesn't require legislation. It doesn't require anyone to tell anyone else what to do. And in fact, that's why it works because nobody's telling the client what to do. Nobody's telling the person with the wheel what to do. And that's very different to most of the dialogue that you know, we're saying at the beginning that's happening at the moment. It's an invitation for an inner understanding, isn't it? It is. And I think this, this, this is what it goes back to. I mean, so things like the COVID situation, coronavirus situation we've got at the moment, there have been people for years saying, um, not John Clare's poem, no man is an island. Mm. That actually we don't exist in isolation. This sense of I can be successful when the people around me are not successful is complete nonsense. You know, these times telling me that, that my health totally relies on the health of the people around me. And my success, actually, my sense of security totally relies on the sense of success and people's um, security around me. If they don't feel secure, then that's going to rumble for me in, in, in some sort of way. And it didn't strike me the way forward was to isolate ourselves from it and start living in gated communities and all those sorts of things. And, you know, winner takes all types of situations that we're all in together. When the coronavirus thing kicks off, I, for one, and I know I'm not alone, start to think about my own food security. Because there's a whole chain of events that bring food from all around the world to me. You know? And I need those people to be healthy. I need their businesses to be functioning, you know, just for me to have breakfast in the morning. And so I think there is these, these very tough times that we're going through at the moment is changing our kind of awareness of how much we rely on everyone else around us. And the big shift happens. I love the quote from Josie McLean, shifting from exploitation to nurture. Mm. Yeah. When we start seeing our role in the world is to nurture things, to nurture relationships, to nurture the land, to nurture our environments and those sorts of things, that's very different from doing it because of the sense of obligation that we're being told. It's because we realize, back to the other thing, you know, just like me, I could be in this other person's position very easily. And therefore, I care about this person. I care about this landscape. I care about what I leave for others. Mm. And so I do things because I care, because I relate, because I, I realize my sense of connection. And the legislation always has to be there, but, but really the legislation is there for the very small percent that really resist and, and, and create a bit of chaos. For the, 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 in, in a democracy, the law is by consent. The vast majority of people are law-abiding because they just consent to live that way. And I'm wondering, as you've been speaking about this, and I'm thinking about um, our legislators and our lawmakers here in the UK, our MPs, mm. I wonder mm. if anybody has yet... Isn't that an exciting idea? Yes, yes. You've gone, with, you've gone there with me, haven't you? Has anybody yet um, invited the MP, the local MP, to work with them with Neil's Wheel. You know what? I think I might just consider whether I could do that. Well, I think you've given me an idea too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great? Because, that, you know, yes, because it would, it, it would, you know, it has the potential to invite them to, to consider themselves and their family and, and their legacy in particular context, doesn't it, of where we're going to now and what we're living through now. Absolutely. And I mean, the wheel has no political stripe. It has no, no religious stripe. It has none of those things whatsoever. It's completely open to all. And also, and this is, you know, if I'm going to say some of my underlying beliefs, one of my underlying beliefs is that everyone's got a piece of this puzzle. Mm. 
you know, I, I, so back around 2007, 2008, I was like, oh, these bankers are doing this. Oh, the bankers, you know, because the financial crisis, all these bankers. Well, yeah, but, you know, if you want to you want to start a wind farm, you're going to need some fun, finances and you're going to need these people with the financial skills that you're knocking. They will be essential Indeed. for you to do this project. You know, so everyone's got a part to play here somewhere. And I think, um, yeah, that'd be a really, really interesting piece. And I'm thinking of a few people I may, may begin to approach in this. And that would be a fabulous exercise. And how do we get beyond the divisions mm. and, you know, and who's right and who's wrong? So actually, well, you know, what is it we, we all care about? What is the future that we actually want? Mm. And, 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 you know, and start moving towards that rather than, rather than this divisive nature of things we've got at the moment. Where, yeah, anyway, yeah, anyway we, we could, we could. Okay, well, well, we'll come back to that at some future <laughs> point. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I'm lucky enough to be amongst the alumni of coaches who've trained using Neil's Wheel and, and have access to our shared learning through the website and the regular events that you hold. Um, I'm wondering if you want to say a few words about the rolling program of training that's currently underway so that anybody listening can consider joining that. That's very kind of you to offer the space. So uh, the wheel is available free to the world. And so we, we do the website and we're creating the resources around it and, uh, and promoting it around the world so that uh, anyone, anywhere, and can get hold of it and can use it free of charge. So there's no obstacles to it. There's no obstacles of payment. There's no obstacles of having to do a course or read a book or anything else around it. You just go to the site, print it off, or copy it out and go. Okay. It needs some form of uh, sustainability behind that. So, so one of the ways we're doing that at the moment is um, a lot of professional coaches want to practice with it before they take it to their clients. And partly is there's a, an integrity issue there, I suppose, in terms of um, just wishing to know how it goes before they introduce it to somebody else. Indeed, yeah. And, all, yeah, and I think also just that sort of curiosity of uh, actually, well, you know, what am I thinking here? You know, what's my map of the world? And how does that show up in the client conversations, mm. for example? Mm. So um, so we, um, we provide cohorts uh, for coaches all around the world. And so we run it at different times so it, it can apply to coaches wherever you are um, to come and join other colleagues internationally and and go on a learning experience together where you coach another coach and where you're coached by another coach using the wheel and then you share your experiences and your learning as you go uh, and that's done at a relatively small fee i mean it's, it's hardly covering itself really at the moment but um but it does at least provide some sort of you know income to, to, to provide this and then the invitation that's then join the alumni if people have been through the cohorts and the beta testers so that there is this kind of community of people that have gone a little deeper with the wheel and um and can then carry on learning with each other you know how do we use this in teams you know what is the experience for people who want to in, in, in their work in social change or environmental change or uh, people in, in healthcare you know you may know that people in that it's now going to the nhs and people uh, affected by cancer for example and things like this so how can it be used by healthcare professionals in these sorts of things um people looking at different coaching techniques how does it how can you use it with somatic techniques and uh, and how to use it in supervision and these sorts of questions. So it's, it's a community of learning where people can kind of come together, get get some mutual support, perhaps go out into the world together, go and explore, try things out, and then come back and share the learning. So a very sort of dynamic, generous community of souls there. It is. It is. That's my experience of it. And when is the next, you know, the, the next sequence of training happening? Ah, well, okay. So I'll perhaps then... Got these exact dates in there, but it's basically going off every month at the moment. Okay. So, um, so people can find it just by going to people the website. can find it if you go to neilswill.org. Yeah. And then there's a just for coaches one there. You click there, and you go down to the bottom, and you find a number of cohorts. So as we speak now, 
Um, cohort three actually just started um, uh, on Monday, on the 18th. Uh, cohort four sets off uh, 15th of February. Cohort five sets off 16th of March. Magic. But there, were, there will be others following that. So those are just the dates we've got at the moment. Thank you so much, Neil. This has been a great conversation. I'm wondering if there's anything else you feel you want to mention that you haven't mentioned. Just give you that chance. There may not be. Well, I'd like to thank you for inviting me here and for doing this and um, for making all this possible and for sharing it with the world with such generosity yourself. Um, thank you. I think to the, to the people listening, sometimes this can feel very lonely. If you care about what's going on in the world, it's easy to feel slightly overwhelmed, sometimes hopeless and helpless in the thing. Mm. Uh, I've got an unwritten book inside called The Lonely Crowded Road, that sometimes we can feel like we're all alone, but actually there are many people that care mm. and they're concerned and things. And so especially if you're a coach, you know, please get involved in the Just for Coaches because there's there's a community there. But don't feel alone. There are you know there are a lot of people out there that, that care about what you care about and, uh, and are wanting to make things better. And hopefully, you know, with, with tools like the wheel and others that you can find, you know, what is your piece in the puzzle in responding to this little situation that's unfolding at the moment? Mm. Well, there's an example of your generous spirit, I think, in what you've just said. And, and if any listeners want to find out more about you and your practice, they can find you on LinkedIn, can't they, and, and through the website? Yeah, that's a, that's a good start. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah. So there's a number of places. So there's the neilswill.org. Um, there's uh, the One Leadership Project, which I started with uh, Dr. Alistair Scott around about 2011. And then there's also Coaching Professionals, which is um, the business I started in 2004 for working with individuals, um, you know, in, in the overall coaching sort of sense of things. Any of those work. Well, people will find, yeah, people will be able to find all of that on the episode notes as well. I've got the advantage of a slightly unusual name, so it's easy to Google. <laughs> so I'd just like to say to people listening, please do subscribe to Coaching Conversations through your podcast app or through my website, which is uh, coachingwithintent.co.uk and, and share this and future episodes through your networks. The next person I'm speaking to is Joe Muster Sherwood, who's the founder of a, a marvellous organisation I came across called Hope for the Future, which is there to support us to engage our politicians. And she's established an organisation called Climate Emergence, and that's to support people experiencing eco and climate emergency anxiety. So I think that's going to be a great, great um uh, conversation to follow on from this so thank you thank you so much Neil it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to talk to you it's been a joy from this side as well Jackie good luck with everything you do thank you thank you take care